Welcome to Retire Coast, where we discuss all things retirement, life on the Mississippi Gulf Coast, and your financial welfare. Bill Anderson, your host, is a serial entrepreneur, having created many successful businesses and holds a real estate broker's license, speaks about personal experiences with each topic. Listen, learn, and improve the quality of your life. Welcome once again. Thank you for coming to Retire Coast Podcast. The subject today is going to be one that I've talked about and written blog articles about, but becomes even more critical now, given that we have this high inflation rate going on and all kinds of other issues in our economy. The biggest thing for real estate is that the interest rates are higher. Home prices are higher, but they are going down lower, uh, more or less stabilized at this point. They could drop a little bit more. That's essentially the market. Now, what I want to talk about today is the difference between buying a house and renting. So many of you are looking at saying, I can't afford to buy a house in this high interest rate environment. Uh, or I don't want to buy a house in this high interest rate environment, I'll just go ahead and rent. Well, I want to tell you something that's very important that you need to understand before you make that final decision, whether you buy or you rent. I just read an article that was fascinating, and I know this to be true. I've seen it, uh, but I want you to understand that there are a lot of people out there that believe this. So I'm going to read part of this article to you that I found in Quora, which is a a web-based site for answering questions. And this individual was retired from a working class job, uh, he said, a year ago. And uh, there's something that was, he believes, universally true of all of his coworkers uh, when they began discussing their retirement options. So everyone who was a homeowner that had paid off or had substantial uh, equity in their home had the ability to live comfortably on their social security income and whatever their state retirement package or anything else that they had received, um, where these are average workers, keep in mind, okay? Um, Every renter faced a future of needing to continue to work because they didn't have a home that was paid for or uh, could be sold as they downsize, for example. Uh, the renters all face the need to work until their retirement s- simply to pay the ever-increasing cost of renting. And I believe that he could have gone further and said that they will be working well into their 70s because they did not own a home. They rented their entire lives or most of their lives or at least toward the end of their uh, life, maybe when they're in their 50s or 60s, they had no home, therefore they had no nest egg. And what he was saying is that for he and his wife, their home equity allowed them to purchase a new property in a rural area at a lower price. Uh, They bought a motor home, they were more or less living full-time on their road, and they had the ability to finance the uh, building of a new home on their property. Uh, Many uh, other renter co-workers Uh, mistakenly think that I'm rich is his statement Uh, when the obvious was ridiculous since uh, he quoted I worked in exactly the same career as they did with exactly the same retirement package 
So that's interesting to hear because uh, you can talk to people over and over again that are retired who owned a home and used that home to help fund the retirement. Now, there are many ways you can do this, and I'm not necessarily saying that you sell the house. But let me just give you an example of rent. So in today's market, for example, let's say that you have purchased a home, you're buying a home now and you're paying the uh, 6.8% or whatever interest rate is on that home, and let's say that your payment is $1,200 a month for that house. Uh, okay, maybe it's sixteen or 1800 but I'm going to use this as a comparison. So at the same time, uh, your friend who is making the same amount of money that you're making, working in the same place, they've decided to rent, and they're paying $1,200. Uh, because at this point, rent rates are high, and they are often higher than the cost to buy a house, even with this high interest rate. And I use the term high in quotes because most people alive today do not remember a time when interest rates were 18%. Uh, they were in the 1980s, so it wasn't that long ago. So the Gen Xs and the Millennials and uh, the ones younger than those have no idea. They think that three and a half or four percent was the norm. It was not. If you go back to history, the norm is somewhere around seven percent, which is right about where we are now. And if you go back to the 1980s when interest rates were 18 percent, the same number of homes were being purchased on a percentage basis as they are today being financed at 18 percent. Somehow people found a way to do that. Well, what happened? Interest rates dropped substantially. They went down to about 7%. People refinanced. They had a lower payment, and they did just fine. Well, my point is getting back to this difference between the $1,200 for rent and the $1,200 payment for that house, mortgage payment for that house. Now, if you had a 30-year mortgage on that house, that $1,200 payment is not going to change. That's principal and interest, for example. Uh, insurance will vary over the years, and so will uh, property taxes in some areas will vary as well. But the base amount of the $1,200 is not going to change for 30 years. However, the rent will. If the rent only went up 4%, and remember, we're in an 8% range right now, but the typical is right around 3 to 4% over a long period of time. But if the rent went up 4% a year for 20 years, you'd be paying $2,734 in 20 years from now, whereas the person that bought the house would be paying $1,200. Not only that, in 20 years, the person that was paying that $1,200 has substantial equity built up in the house. They've been paying down the actual mortgage debt for that period of time. So which individual do you think, or which couple, for example, do you think is going to be better off in retirement? The person or people that bought the house or those that decided to rent? Now, if you go out and you look at articles about whether you should rent or you should buy, and you'll see arguments on both sides, and one of the arguments on renting is it gives you flexibility. You can move around. Yes, it does, but it does not build equity over time. Your house is basically your piggy bank in retirement. 
if you don't keep taking money out of that house by refinancing it all the time, uh, unless it's for something very, very important, you will have that equity in your home as you go into retirement. That's extremely important because many people actually downsize their home as this individual I mentioned did. And you can buy a home and spend less on it and take the difference and live on that money to supplement your social security. Now, most people don't have anything other than social security in terms of a monthly payment. All right, you may have put money away in a 401k and that's nice and you might be getting dividends on that 401k that are built up, but you've seen the stock market today. The stock market is tanked. It's down about 25 to 30%. So if this is the period of time when it, you needed to take some of that money out, you'll be losing money by taking it out of the stock market. So I'm not telling you not to put money in your 401k. You absolutely need to max it out. My point is that on a regular monthly basis, the income that you will get is social security plus whatever dividends you may be taking out of the 401k and you'll find that you may be paying taxes on the whole package because of the amount of income that you're earning. I don't want to get off on a tangent about the rest of this regarding retirement because I've written a lot about it on retirecoast.com or website where we have many podcasts on the topic. My major point here is do not let these interest rates today, which are absolutely normal by historical standards, and the fact that maybe a house is a little bit higher in price than you would like, keep you from buying a home, especially if you're younger and it's time for you to start building up equity. I mean, even if you're in your 60s, you should still probably do this because the alternative is to pay rent. And what happens with rent? The rent rate goes up year after year after year. Now, property taxes probably will go up over time. I know where I live, they can't go up uh, but every four years. And even when that happens, it's not very much. Uh, in some areas, it goes up 2% a year, for example, in California. But nevertheless, those taxes on your home and the insurance increases on your home are going to be far offset by the equity that you build up in the house and the fact that you're not paying the prevailing market rent. Now think about this for a moment. The average person right now will be getting a social security payment of about sixteen to seventeen hundred dollars. And yes, social security will go up, but it always goes up in arrears. So that nice bump that you received, you spent the entire year going backwards. The social security payment is not probably going to keep up even with the rent payment. And based on what I just told you, many people are paying rent in the neighborhood of fifteen to sixteen hundred dollars a month right now. So if they were retired today, eighty to ninety percent of their check would be going to pay rent payments. That's terrible. If there are two of you, that may help a bit, but still you don't want to pay more than about forty percent of your total income on housing, or you won't have anything to live on that might be a miserable retirement for you. And there's no money anywhere else. No one's gonna to come to your aid, it may be a family member, but there's no extra government payout or any other mystery income that's gonna come in. When it comes to retirement, this is something you need to plan for and do on your own. Now getting back to buying that house. So if the interest rate 
and the price are not the major impediment, but the major impediment is the down payment. There are lots of programs where you can get in for 3.5% down payment or possibly zero. I know there's a program uh, in the area that I live in that right now, if you buy a house in a designated area, you can get it for a zero down payment and zero mortgage insurance. So there are lots of these things around if you work with a good mortgage broker. Don't give up on buying a home because you tried to go to a bank and they turned you down. Just keep working on it. Be diligent. You'll find a way to get that done. Even if it means buying a house from the actual owner who's selling it and they may decide to finance it for you with some small amount up front or maybe they you increase the amount of deposit over a period of time. So if there's a will on your part, there's probably a way for you to acquire that house and start building equity and take care of your own retirement. No one else is going to do it for you. Well, thank you very much for coming to this podcast. I hope it was an eye-opener for you. Please go to our blog site at retirecoast.com where there are a number of articles on retirement and how to finance, how to buy houses. Uh, there are referrals. If we don't have an article in there, we have links to other articles that have lots of details about how to find a real estate broker, uh, how to find a mortgage loan broker, and all of the things you need to do to be able to acquire that house. Thank you, and please don't forget to go to our blog site, retirecoast.com.